Welcome to the Homeschool Show from North Carolinians for Home Education. Our goal is to help you homeschool with confidence and joy. I'm your host, Matthew McDill, and I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. We have so much to be thankful for. Well, our team uh, with NCHE is especially thankful for you. We're thankful for the um, thousands and thousands of families here in North Carolina and across the nation uh, who have made a difficult choice uh, to take seriously their children's education um, and um, to disciple their children. And so we're thankful for you. We're thankful for the, the courage, uh, the stand that you take to do what you do. We're also thankful for your support uh, of NCHE and of what we're doing uh, because we are doing everything we can, um, again, to help you homeschool with confidence and joy. We do that in three ways to protect your right to homeschool, uh, to equip you, with encouragement and information, uh, and to connect you with other families and groups across the state. And we're thankful for your support of NCHE in helping us do that. Next month will be our end of the year uh, giving campaign. I hope you'll be uh, praying and thinking about if you can support NCHE in our work um, and continuing to keep the homeschool movement strong in North Carolina. We have a great show for you today. Uh, first of all, we have some homeschool news. We're going to talk about a couple of field trips. Um, we've got the Swan Lake Ballet. Um, we're going to give you some graduation information, and we're going to announce uh, the featured speakers of the 2024 Homeschool Conference. So you'll want to check that out. Um, also, for homeschool conversations, uh, we're going to show a conversation that Amanda and I had uh, discussing um, a recent survey of homeschool trends. And one of the topics we're going to dive into today is online um, education in homeschooling. Uh, the good and the bad and uh, what, what should, how should we think about that? Um, also, we're going to have Homeschool Helps with Amanda, and she's going to ask the question to co-op or not to co-op. And so uh, we're looking forward to hearing uh, from her about that. So jumping into the news, first of all, we have a field trip set up for you that's going to be amazing, uh, Swan Lake Ballet. For the first time ever, Charlotte Ballet presents one of the world's most famous classical ballets that has transcended generations. NCHE has obtained a limited number of tickets to the Thursday, May 9th performance, and that's next year, 2024. And it will be held at the Knight Theater in Charlotte. Uh, tickets can be ordered by Friday, December 29th, uh, those will be $14.50 while supplies last. After that, um, tickets will be $17.75. So you'll want to go ahead and check that out. We will have the link to that in the show notes, or you can go to nche.com and go under activities, and you'll be able to find field trips there. Another thing is, do you have a graduate uh, coming up in 2024? Well, if you do, we have lots of things uh Lots of ways that we can support you and help you in celebrating that momentous occasion. For example, we have a distinctive diploma, a statewide graduation ceremony, um, a graduate magazine, and college scholarships. Uh, May 25th, uh, 2024 is going to be our graduation ceremony in Winston-Salem at the Benton Convention Center. It's at the end of our uh, conference our Thrive Conference. The Greenhouse Graduate Issue comes out in May, and diplomas are available year-round. 
applications for scholarships will be open in December. So you can go to nche.com slash graduate dash central and find out more about that. And of course, we'll have uh, the link in the show notes for that. All right. One more thing is the Thrive featured speakers. Uh, we announced last week, we're very excited that the, uh, the webpage for the Thrive Conference for next year is now ready for you to look at and live. And one of the most important things on there are the featured speakers. Uh, you can get the full bios there, but I will let you know we have Will and Meek Addison from Straight Edge Ministries and Culture Proof. We have Catherine Bell Gomez. Uh, she's an Apologia author and homeschool graduate. We have Vicki Bentley. She's an educational consultant for HSLDA. Christy Clover, M-O-M, which means Master Organizer of Mayhem. We have Steve Noble. Uh, he's from the Steve Noble Show and Noble You. And then we have Todd Wilson, the family man and the smiling homeschooler. So go find out more about these great featured speakers and be sure you put on your calendar May 23 through 25 of next year. Um, for the conference. All right, in homeschool conversations, as I told you, this is going to be a conversation between Amanda and I. Uh, this is from a survey that was put out by homeschoolplus.com, and we discuss uh, some of the varying trends, but mainly this time we talk about online education and how does it fit into homeschooling. So let's check that out. A few weeks back, we watched an interview I had with Dr. Brian Ray yes. from uh, National Home Education Research Institute. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we were talking about is how much more people are interested in homeschooling. Oh, yes. So we were saying maybe it's mainstream or it's close, you know, sure. it's so common. And so yes. we're going to take a look at a survey, the results of a survey that was recently done and they did an, it was an online survey of over a thousand American parents. So this is a US uh, data set. And it was very interesting. And of course, the biggest takeaway is are people, are, are potential and actual parents more interested in homeschooling now than in the past? Yes. Yes. Big time. Definitely. And so we're gonna dig into some of the specifics of that. Okay. Um, one of the things they did was they, rated or, or looked at the top uh, homeschool related search uh, searches online uh -huh. okay to see which cities were doing the most searches oh. to find out where the interest was right and so it's really interesting to find out that you have number one portland oregon huh okay <laughs> and number two atlanta georgia very different yes right very, very different. Yes. Once again, Miami, Florida. After that, Denver, Colorado. Hmm. So, uh, but on these top cities, yes. um, Charlotte and Raleigh both appear. Okay. So we know that in North Carolina, as well as many other cities, we sure. have increasing uh, interest, of course, right? Absolutely. <clears throat> and so it, looking at, this might be interesting for our helps director. Mm -hmm. If we look at what were they searching? Oh, okay, yes. The big one, of course, is homeschooling. Sure. Next is homeschooling programs. Yes. Third, homeschooling curriculum. Yes. Homeschooling online. For okay, sure. Okay, so that's fourth. Yeah. And that's a real indicator of where we are. 
Absolutely. And I think an influence of COVID, which is how can we do this online? And we would say that might not be good. But there's nothing, I mean, it's okay by itself. Sure. But what if that's like the only thing? What do you think? So this is really common if I am ever on any social media, the emails I get, people, their first question often is, what online program Mm -hmm. can I use? And I think most any homeschooler that I know that is experienced, that has well, old, that's been around a long time, Mm. would say, we don't tend to recommend using only online programs. Mm -hmm. Now, I am not against online programs. My son uses an online math program and it's great. We do too. I love it. But there is so much more to homeschooling, Mm -hmm. so much more that is about life and your relationship Mm -hmm. and interaction with your child that if you're doing only online, you lose that whole piece of it. And right. it really is not optimal, I don't think. I think we should try to dig in a little more here. Okay. Because I think one of the reactions is going to be, of course, you old people didn't have online. <laughs> That's true. You funny daddies. Yeah, the reason <laughs> It is true. Okay. So we, we should ex- try to explain why, mm. um, as experienced homeschoolers, mm-hmm. Um, why it's not just that we didn't have those opportunities right. and that we're just stuck in our ways. Right. You know? Yes. And, um, well, I just mentioned one of those, which is yeah. I think it really takes away from the relational aspect of That's right. home education that if it's just your child and a screen, that is very, a very different experience That's right. than you and your child one on one or you and your children as a group, right. you know, it's a very different experience. I think that's one that's really important. Can I go with that oh, sorry, for a minute? Yeah. And that is recently on Homeschool Helps and Wisdom of the, from the Word, we both discussed the importance of relationship. Yes, huge. And that our goal in homeschooling isn't just knowledge. That's right. Okay. We want to disciple our kids. We want to know them. We want to have a relationship with them. Absolutely. So you are taking away a beautiful opportunity to have that conversation, to, to read something together, to discuss content, sure, or to just have that relationship when everything's on the screen. Absolutely. Another concern that I have as a parent of a 14-year-old child who has grown up with technology, I mean, he could use my iPhone better than I could as a toddler. Um, it's true. He's he's an iPhone baby. It's true. And he and his generation in particular is so immersed in technology mm-hmm. all the time anyway yeah. that my concern is, is it good? Is it healthy even to add to that to when they're already so immersed yeah. in technology? Is it healthy? to have yeah, everything now everything now is on a screen. Is, on a screen. Right. is that even healthy or mm-hmm. optimal? That's right. That's my concern. And again, we use technology. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I love it. But is that an optimal way? Is it the most healthy way for yeah. the child to learn all the time in our technology-driven society? That's right. I'm not sure. 
And I would add another couple of things. One is it was somewhat recently uh, predicted mm -hmm. that the physical book would uh, kind of go away in its use. Well, that hasn't mm -hmm. happened yet. No, definitely uh, not. People no. still want to hold a physical book. That's still an experience that people want mm -hmm. and need. Yes. Um, <clears throat> I'm not sure we can explain all of those reasons. Uh, except you get more senses involved. True. But another thing is just from a biblical theological standpoint is that God made us to be relational. Yes. And the whole idea of we don't need to have a in-person meeting, you know, mm. um, or that we don't need to have that conversation with someone like a mentor and we can just get online. Right. You know, I think we would just say that's not how humans are made. True. We believe God made us to be in relationship and to have personal interaction. Mm -hmm. um, and that doesn't mean the other's wrong. It just means it can't be only online. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's another reason that I always, always encourage people as families to find in-person, real-life community as homeschool families. Yeah to find a real life group that I love. Again, I use Facebook groups or mm. online resources all the time, but it does not take the place of that in-person right. support, being able to look in someone's eyes and be like, oh, they know what I'm going through yeah. and whatever, you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't take the place of it. Right. And we should point out that this show is on a screen to somebody. It's so true. Right or it's on so a true. podcast. So obviously we're not saying yeah. that online is bad, that technology is bad yeah. and shouldn't be utilized. Of course not. But, and in this day and age, I think it's impossible to really do without it completely. But we're just saying only that. Right. But Using we're not online right now. That's correct. We're having an in-person conversation. That's true. Which we, we couldn't have this type of conversation on some kind of Zoom thing. Welcome to Homeschool Helps with Amanda. I'm Amanda Wares, Homeschool Helps Director within CHE. So today we're gonna talk about to co-op or not to co-op. Now, first of all, we wanna start and define what I mean by co-op because I see that word, not really an actual word, but whatever that uh, abbreviation used in lots of different ways. So one person may say, I want to join a co-op when what they really mean is they want to join a homeschool group or a social group. Um, whereas another person may say, I want to join a co-op and they mean they want to join an actual homeschool cooperative group. Someone else may say, I want to join a co-op and they may mean they want their child to go to a class with a teacher that they pay. So what in the world is a co-op first off? So traditionally, co-op is short for cooperative, and it would be a group of homeschool families that get together and cooperatively homeschool. So usually this would 
involve each of the parents teaching something maybe that they're passionate about or that they have experience with or that they just want to teach and the other kids join together to do whatever that class is a lot of times um, it might be math or science because those are a little harder to do especially science lab is harder to do on your own at home and it's just more fun in a group i think um, it's also one of those subjects that if you as the homeschool parent i'm raising my hand here are not passionate about a certain topic or subject then a lot of times your student may benefit from learning about that from someone who is passionate about it um, so that would be a traditional co-op um, oftentimes there is little to no money involved it might be just paying for supplies or something like that um, it really is just a cooperative group of families that join together to learn something um, the first one I mentioned when someone says I want to join a co-op but what they really mean is a homeschool group this would be traditionally what would be have been called a homeschool support group um, I am changing my own phraseology these days to be more clear and say these groups really are homeschool social groups um, where families join together to go on field trips to do park days to have um, beginning of the year ice cream socials or end of the year celebrations or field day or any of those social or educational fun all those things all those activities and get-togethers that would be involved in maybe a school year that is a typical that is a traditional homeschool support group or homeschool social group um, typically I would not call that a co-op but I have heard people use it that way so the last thing is a co-op by which people mean I take my children somewhere and pay someone to teach them a subject this is in my experience the most common these days use of the word co-op and if you hear someone talking about a co-op that's probably what they're talking about so now to co-op or not to co-op in the case of the homeschool social group I say 100% yes it is so important for you as a homeschool family to find your people to get involved with other families to um, have that social outlet that's always the question people ask what about socialization well this is one way to find some socialization in the case of the traditional co-op cooperative situation maybe if you are in a place where you find that you can benefit if it's really a community for you and your family I was talking to a mom just this past week that is co-op co-oping with 
a few other families and she has preschool kids, but they just love getting together and doing life together and learning together. Um, and it's been a great situation for her. So I would say if you can find a situation like that, 100%. The thing I want to caution you about is don't feel the pressure to, oh, I have to put my children in these classes and pay sometimes and pay sometimes thousands of dollars for classes for other people to teach. Well, is it really necessary? Is it even optimal? Not always. Now, I will say, I will raise my hand and say that I have outsourced happily. Several times with each of my children, I have outsourced writing instruction because I love to write, but I hate to teach it. I have outsourced that and happily paid somebody to teach my children writing. I have outsourced science because like I said, I think that's more fun in a group, especially science labs. I've done that now, not for elementary school, not even for middle school, but for high school, it's been a good situation for me to do that. But again, would I say it's necessary? No, it's not. Is it possible to homeschool successfully and not utilize outside classes like that? 100%. So again, to co-op or not to co-op. One, if you're looking for a social outlet, if you're looking for a community, yes, be a part of a community. I encourage you to do that. If you're feeling pressure, if you're feeling stress, if you're feeling, um, you know, that it's necessary to have a successful homeschool experience, absolutely not. It just isn't. It's a great, it's like icing on the cake, those outside classes, but necessary, definitely not. All right. I really hope that helps today. All right, we are so glad that you joined us again this week. And we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at thehomeschoolshow at nchg.com. And as usual, we'd love for you to share this show with your family and friends or, or online. Um, and until next week, continue to homeschool with confidence and joy.